Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. It's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. If you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor reviewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, my Mm. favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want uh, wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing. What's in the box? On every order. Join 
the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. We get a roll. We're ready. Audio's good. Do you feel ready? <sighs> I think. Um, I don't know. I'm a little nervous. I have not spoken publicly for two years about this, and I have a lot of thoughts. And I've, I think about this every day. Truly, every day of my life, I think about this and what I want to say, and how important it is that I speak to everyone for the first time. So it's heavy. It's really heavy. Um, we'll see how it goes. We may scrap this whole thing, to be honest. I don't know. But I think it'll be cathartic. I'm looking forward to getting this off my shoulders and repairing this, moving forward, and letting everybody hear from me. So we ready? We're ready. Okay, let's do it. Let's see what happens. All right, first episode. Here we go in three, two. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the most dramatic podcast ever. I'm Chris Harrison. I think it's time we talk. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues, and today we got a twibbon, a This Week in Bachelor Nation unlike any you've heard before, because this one's going to be loose. We have a lot <laughs> of preparation to do for tomorrow's big live show that you're not going to want to miss. It's going to be on our YouTube channel, Game of Roses. We are going to be doing a live show where we go through the 32 best parasocial plays of the year in a March Madness style bracket that you will be voting on until we get down to the best parasocial play of 2022. I'm looking very forward to this. Dark Seeker has put an immense amount of work into getting this bracket ready. She's going to be running the show for us tomorrow, the live video. Yeah, OBS. Yep, she's going to become an OBS expert. Big time. Subscribe to our YouTube channel in order to find out exactly when we start, but it will start at 4.30 p.m. Pacific time, Friday. That is tomorrow. So that is today when this comes out. <laughs> uh, right. If you subscribe to at Game of Roses on YouTube, you hit that notification bell, it'll it'll pop right up. And everybody in the pit, this is free to everyone. Everyone will be able to vote for which which plays beat which plays. So it's really up to the pit. Yeah. And there were some big ones this past year. I mean, there's always big parasocial plays now that we are living in the modern area of social media. But um, I'm very curious to see what is going to finally take the throne. I have some ideas. I believe yeah. Bekatilli and Haley Kiyoko might be the winners here. But I don't know. We'll see. It's hard to see anything beating that that relationship reveal video. Mm -hmm. But there are so many good ones that I had completely forgotten about. Like, did you know our book signing was this year? Tino's dad calling out the franchise. <laughs> that I had forgotten about. Tino's dad's Facebook post. That's in there. <laughs> yeah. What are some of the other ones? Oh, we have that Baylock Kai, Giannina, body swap. 
There was a lot that happened this year. So uh, please tune in this Friday, today, later today <laughs> at 4 p.m. Today. <laughs> yeah, like I said, today, this is our last show of the year. And uh, our last twibbon of the year, I should say. We wanted to keep it loose. We wanted to keep it fun. So we're just going to be reading through the headlines and kind of... Uh, giving our attitudes about them. It's not going to be as highly scripted as it usually is. Yeah. Usually, Clues and I heavily script Twibbon, and we debate over each joke for like yeah. five hours. So you'll see <laughs> you'll see how much work we normally put into it after today's episode. I think this episode is going to be great. I can't wait. And happy holidays to everybody out there. We hope that you're already in the holiday spirit and getting ready to mm -hmm. celebrate whatever you celebrate with whoever you like to celebrate it with. But now, let's begin today's program as we always begin our program with Game of Roses. State of the Game. You heard up top what our state of the game is going to be all about. The Dark Lord has arisen from the murky depths of... Where's he living? Austin? Somewhere in Texas. And he and Zima are now reemerged, united as a couple, to produce this podcast called The Most Dramatic Podcast Ever with Chris Harrison. It comes out, the first episode comes out January 9th. This teaser for it is what we played. You heard everything he said in there. And now I just want to read you real quick the description. This is the official description if you go to iTunes and, and look at the podcast. The most dramatic podcast ever with Chris Harrison. I Heart Podcasts. For two decades, Chris Harrison saw it all. To be honest, maybe too much. Seriously, there are things he just can't unsee. But his nightmares, his lessons, and all that wisdom are now your gain. That's right. Your greatest podcast dreams have just come true. Chris Harrison is back. Who knows what he has to say now? You're going to want to find out. It's the most dramatic podcast ever with Chris Harrison. That's the official description of this podcast. Clues and I talked about this too much on our last episode by accident because we were so fascinated by it and so curious as to what this podcast would be about. We now have this update of that description, and I will say I have no more information than we had before reading that. No one does. <laughs> no one has any more information, and everybody is thinking about it. Everybody's trying to figure out what the fuck this is going to be. because Yeah, we have an update on how well the teaser did. This line right here. Yeah, I mean that. Let's let's discuss. You know those stats, right? <laughs> to my knowledge, the teaser topped out at number he was the number 4 show on iTunes. If you ever go into the charts Insane. of iTunes, you know that it can be uh split up by genre, TV, sports, whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. This was in the top shows period. Across all genres. Even right now, I'm looking at it, and it's ranked number seven behind Crime Junkie, Rachel Maddow Presents. On all shows? Of all shows. <gasps> Undetermined, Huberman Lab, uh, New York Times, The Daily, and Smartless. And then it's the most dramatic oh podcast God. ever. The man doesn't have an episode out yet. This is just the teaser has been downloaded and listened to that many times. Were there that many news articles about this? Were there that many places covering this? Yeah, I mean, all the usual outlets covered it and everything, but I think it's just, I mean, we're not 
specifically fans of Chris Harrison. Some people are. And, I, you know, there was a big schism within the nation when he was dismissed from the show. There were many people who said, well, fuck it. I'm not going to watch The Bachelor anymore. He is The Bachelor. There were many other people that said, finally. The scrubber Sean Lowe said he wouldn't watch the show anymore. Mm, I wonder if he's going to now watch his own episode where he's scrubbing down Zach Shawcross's washboard stomach. But I, I think there is curiosity on both sides of that schism. I'm certainly very curious. I'm definitely going to listen to this as are people who are awaiting his return. And the real question here, in my opinion, is A, there are two. A, what is this going to be about? In this uh, little description, it says, for two decades, Chris Harrison saw it all. What could that be alluding to other than The Bachelor? He's been doing that job mm -hmm. for two decades. <laughs> it's about... Things he's noticed about golf. Yeah. <laughs> it's a golf podcast. <laughs> that would be fucking insane. So guys, today I'm going to tell you how to get your short game a little better. I don't think it's about golf. It's called the most dramatic podcast ever. That is an allusion to the thing he would say to promote every season. This is the most dramatic season ever. So there's there's a heavy mm -hmm. bachelor. It's his bachelor catchphrase. Yeah. I think he's definitely alluding to that. That said, we also know this man was paid nine million bucks or whatever to leave the franchise and shut up about it. So I don't think mm -hmm. he can. I, I literally think whatever contract he signed in that settlement is like you can never talk about The Bachelor ever for the rest of your life. You really think it said you can't talk about The Bachelor at all? Yeah. For nine million dollars, you're you're selling everything you got to him. So you think in this podcast, he's not going to say anything about The Bachelor? Not anything disparaging. I think it'll be like, it was a great time in my life. I learned so much. Da-da-da-da-da. I think he's not allowed to say anything disparaging. Or any tea. Like, I don't think he's going to let us behind the curtain of, you know, the drug-fueled orgies they had in seasons one through five. No, it'll be soft tea. It'll be like, did you know that the candelabra that held those candles was actually around since season two, Aaron Bergie. Yeah, exactly. You know, I've got some deep tea on Colton Underwood. His favorite flavor of ice cream is vanilla. <laughs> what? What is this? I hope it's not that. I, I hope at the very least there is something interesting going on. We still don't know if Zima, who is a part of this, um, is going to be on the show or not, or if she's just producing. What is your dream topic? For him to talk about? That it's covering, yeah. Oh, the, the deepest, darkest shit. The drug-fueled orgies of seasons one through five. I mean, that's my, mm -hmm. my dream topic is that. <laughs> yeah. Or any producer manipulation, you know, like how deep they went. Like when he has to come up, for example, in season 24. This is Pilot Pete, of course. He tells Pilot Pete twice that season that in the, the end phases, we're talking about fantasy suites into finale. He tells Pilot Pete that Hannah Celeste may not show up. And he tells him that Madison Pruitt may not show up. Back-to-back -back rose ceremonies, just lies straight to this fucking guy's face. I would want him to talk about that shit. Like, what is the darkest shit he's done in service of upholding the producer schemes of various seasons? I want it to be, if I'm thinking about my fantasy, what DLH's podcast is, it's like, it's actually called Woke. 
and it's about him becoming woke and like learning about race and gender and all of this stuff in this country. That is a true fantasy. In, enjoy it. Indulge in it. Look, there were no boundaries. <laughs> no, I agree. I think e- each of our wishes are equally likely to come true. What I've learned about race since my interview with Rachel Lindsay. Well, we'll get to Rachel Lindsay and her attitude about this when we get into news. But uh, this is also in the category of relationships. Not relationships, but relationships is the category uh-huh. of this podcast. Again, so he's not putting it in TV film. Dating advice. Right. That's at least how they're categorizing it. Now, I don't know ultimately if that's going to mean anything and you can change your category and all that. But like, at least initially here, from the, the small details we have about it, which again, are only that uh, the description of it and the category that it's in and the teaser that we played in the beginning. And the teaser, by the way, does make it sound like he's going to fucking talk about The Bachelor. Well, <sighs> I've been wanting to talk about this for a long time and the time is now. It's like, what, dude? I think this is lies. I think he's baiting us into a a boring podcast. I think that's like a the teaser. <laughs> it's, it's called Second Spark and it is dating advice for divorcees. Right. It's dating advice for uh 50 something divorcees and he's like my first bit of advice host a tv show for 20 years and then marry somebody who covers that tv show for entertainment tonight um the other thing i was going to say the other thing that's important here the b side to that a is is this podcast going to be good i don't think he can just rest on his identity his celebrity to get an audience. I think he's got to be doing something. I think he can. Really? You think people just listen to Chris Harrison talk? I don't know. There's so many stands. And I just feel like certain... I, I say that and then I'm like, certain people have tried to start podcasts and failed who have huge followings and their following just doesn't translate to podcasts. But I think there's so many people and there, there's so many people listening to Bachelor podcasts, period, that I don't think his show has to be that good to to sustain an audience. But if it's not about The Bachelor, then it does. Like he's got it. Getting people, mm. I think. I mean, I'm I'm one of these people. Getting me to listen to something for a fucking hour, it's like it's got to be good. I'm not just gonna like have it on in the background or something. I don't think he can do that. I think his show has to be legit. And if it's not, I think it fucking goes away. I think it becomes like not worth him doing it. But again, he's doing it with iHeart Podcasts. Uh, it seems like they have a plan in place. He's had a couple of years to really think about doing this. I don't I don't know. I'm just so fucking curious. But I think it has to be good. I don't think he can come out with something even <laughs> mediocre and still maintain an audience, especially that first episode has got to be fucking huge. I think he can. There's so many podcasts that have audiences that are, that can be tough listens. Yeah. But I mean, I guess it does have to do with like who the people are and all that stuff. But I think more important is what he's talking about. I just don't see it working if he doesn't have an interesting subject. And again, we also we're talking about this on our last show. I think anyone who wrote online 
some troll comment being like, I'm not going to watch the show without Chris Harrison. They're going to be a stand for life. They're going to really download every app. I think they'll listen to the first one. And if it's not good, eh, I'm moving on to the next. There's a million other podcasts to listen to. Time will tell. Time will tell. But this is, again, the first kind of like popping his head back up above water that we've really seen of Dark Lord Harrison in the media universe since the events unfolded of season 25 that uh, eventually led to his dismissal from the entire franchise. Yeah, we've been speculating and theorizing ever since. Not a peep. And there's still this thing out there that he's developing another reality dating format show with some production company for a network. I think that's still in the cards. I also think uh, political service is still in the cards for this man. What if that's what it is? It's it's a development deal with that show and the format will be like somewhat produced by that show to like lead into the actual show getting made. Maybe. I, I, I think that's a long shot because if it was attached to another property, that would be the title of the podcast. This mm-hmm. isn't good, very good marketing for another show. And if they don't have a show sold already, if it's not in production, if they don't have a series order, then it becomes like you've tied your whole podcast to a thing that never got made. And that is weird. I don't think that's right. the case here. I think this is his own endeavor, which can help potentially another show that they're trying to get on TV in that it, it maintains his relevance. He's still out there in front of people. But I, you know, I have to say, I do think he's going to be good at podcasting because he started out as a broadcaster. He was a local sports guy on TV news. I believe in Oklahoma was like his first job. And then he became obviously a host. But that hosting skill set, I think, does lend itself very well to podcasting. And I think he's actually going to be good on a mic. Again, it's going to boil down to, though, what is the content? You can be good on a mic, but if you're not talking about anything interesting, it, it kind of falls apart. And we also were talking about, is this going to be an interview podcast? We don't fucking know. We literally have no idea what this podcast is. I think it will. I think it will. Maybe. Who's his first interview then? Sean Lowe? Mm-hmm. JoJo. JoJo, you think it'll be somebody from The Bachelor world? I mean, I think it kind of has to be. Mm -hmm. But then what are they talking about if they're not talking about behind-the-scenes shit? Dating advice. I want to get dating advice from Sean Lowe and Chris Harrison when I've got Nick Vial right around the corner. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Two different different audiences, two different types. (laughs) Totally. But I don't, like, I just don't see Chris Harrison giving dating advice in any meaningful way. I could see at least the first few episodes being kind of a... It says um, relationships in the description. Yeah. I know. I mean, maybe it's a thing that's like... Um, and he kind of gave relationship advice in the show. A little bit. Yeah. Ish. You know what? It, it would have been actually good, I think, is if it would have been Chris Harrison and Lauren Zima and she's front and center in this and it's them talking about relationship stuff like... Uh, Mm-hmm. What is that one show? Your mom's house. Tom Segura does it with his wife. They're both comedians and it's like a super big podcast where they just kind of talk about their relationship. I would have fucking died to listen to that. Yeah. Why don't you think it is not Zima and Harrison together? I would think that would like, I feel she's already going to be on the show. So yes, I might've, I might've done that as a duo instead. I agree. Make it like a morning show. Because she's fantastic. Absolutely. And them together is funny. They have a really funny dynamic, I think. I saw 
on Twitter, that clip of her interviewing that guy from Euphoria came up again. <laughs> Have you seen that video? Yeah. That's pretty funny. It's fantastic. But there you have it. That's the state of the game. We've got the Dark Lord, the original Dark Lord. Dark Lord Harrison is now back in the mix doing his own thing. This is not affiliated with ABC or The Bachelor or any of that in any way. Like the uh, description says for it, <laughs> for two decades, Chris Harrison saw it all. I mean, that's referring to The Bachelor. The title, the most dramatic podcast ever, is referring to The Bachelor. Will this podcast be about The Bachelor or is he just doing some like... Uh, some trickery here with the marketing. I'm not sure, but we will all know on January 9th and rest assured the digging deeper that comes out after that is going to have some clips from this show in it. But we will also have a next, a digging deeper out for you on Monday that does not have clips from the show in it. You know, what would be so funny is if it is a bachelor show and just like ours, he completely does the game of roses format. (laughs) I would be, Strangely honored by that. I would too. (laughs) (laughs) But that is the state of the game. The Dark Lord is back, the original Dark Lord, and we will all see the fruits of his, what might have been a two-year labor on January 9th. So stay tuned for that. And now, let's move on to that part of the game in which we discuss what we are watching. What are you watching? What are you watching? So usually I add a new reality show because my friend Erica says, you need to watch this show. And she's never been wrong. And I always have needed to. I thought my friend Erica referred me to this show. It turns out, I just asked you before this, it was Clues. And this show is Siesta Key. And, oh, I have been watching. I think I had seen season one many years ago. I'm already halfway through season three. It is like Laguna Beach, but like (laughs) bootleg Laguna Beach, like Florida Laguna Beach. It is so good. Well, I'm glad that you're enjoying it. I watched the first two seasons of that back when it was on. And uh, I agree with you. It's fascinating. And the backstory behind that show is the one of the main people in the show that guy's dad paid for the pilot to get made and that's how the whole show came about they're basically just these independently wealthy floridians i had no idea that they were the ones who made the show like there is a show there he knew it but also like the show kind of like favors him and mm-hmm. kind of pivots around him, even though he is not great on camera, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> but it is, it's messy. It is just like, it's like a cotton candy experience. And I love it. And it is, how, what are you watching, Clues? Well, congratulations. Well, it's the the deep, dark coldness of the off season of our beloved game. So, of course, I have to, you know, use my time wisely. So I did something, this was two nights ago. It's not even a hyper binge. I don't know how to describe this. It's more like a surgical hyper binge. I am a huge fan. This is maybe my favorite show. Huge fan of a reality television competition program called Ink Master. It used Mm -hmm. to be on Spike, whatever Spike became, I forget. 
And uh, then it got canceled and it got picked up again on Paramount Plus. And they have a new season of it that came out. This is a tattoo competition show. The things that drew me to it initially were they have these things called human canvases, which in the earlier seasons, like played more of a role in it. And these would just be regular people who signed up to be on the show to get free tattoos from whoever's doing whatever in these competitions. And the competitions are always like, you have three hours to design the most intricate tattoo and put it on somebody's skull and you have to do it with a blindfold, you know, like crazy shit. And so the tattoos are always fucked up. They don't get blindfolded. They get tattooed blindfolded? No, I oh, made that up. Jesus. I made that up. The tattoo artists have full vision and they can see what they're doing. They do put them in like strange circumstances and they try to make it stressful and whatever. Um mm-hmm. The thing that I always loved about it was invariably most of the tattoos were terrible. And then these human canvases who have the tattoos would have to come stand in front of the judges and the judges would just be like, ah, this is a a pinup model tattoo and it is trash. Her left foot is facing the wrong direction. You got too many toes on the right foot. This is going to bleed out. You got blood. They just would like pick it apart. And this poor person would have to stand there and just like take the criticism of this thing that is on their body for the rest of their lives. I found it very funny. Oh my God. So I continued to watch the show. And uh, I also, but but sometimes the tattoos would be great. And I really liked seeing the, the good art as well. That said, they've kind of eliminated some of those elements now. They don't make the human canvases stand before the judges. They just show pictures of the tattoos. So the person is, you know, spared. Yeah, that seems a little kinder. (laughs) But nonetheless, the show is back and they have a bunch of, at least on this current season, they have a bunch of old master tattoo artists who were on prior seasons come and whatever. So I started watching it and I realized maybe because of the hyper binge, maybe just because of how I watch all media now, I'm not sure. I couldn't fucking watch the show. Maybe because of your butterfly tramp stamp. Yeah, that is really what it is. The hits too close to home. I couldn't watch it in the same way. And so this is what I fucking did. I watched an entire season of that show in about an hour and a half by zooming through it until I got to the tattoo judging part of every episode. And that's all I watched. So I got through that entire season watching about seven to eight minutes of every episode. It was fucking <laughs> great. Every competition show should be this. It should just be the end, the final performances and the judgments of those performances. That's all I need to fucking see, at least on Ink Master. I guess there's other shows like Drag Race and shit. I actually want to see that whole show because that shit has some funny-ass shit that happens in the the little competitions leading up. But Ink Master doesn't really. It's just like, show me the tattoo, And that's all I need to see. Anyway, that's what I watched two nights ago. An entire season of Ink Master in about an hour and a half. You know, I I watched a horrible show show when I was growing up in Mm. retrospect. Extreme Makeover. Did you ever watch that show? Is that the one where they did plastic surgery on people? Yeah. Yes, I've seen some of that. Yeah, that's wild that that was on TV. (laughs) I mean, all this shit is wild. The Bachelor's fucking wild when it was on TV. Now we just accept yeah. like, well, whatever, fuck it. This is what these things are. But that is what I was watching. That is what Pace Case was watching. Now we're going to move on to that portion of this program where we touch on all the little tids that have been going around the nation. This is... Bad 
Bachelor Nation News. All right. So like we said up top, this is going to be loose. We're just going to read some headlines that have been going on within the nation, mm-hmm. and we're going to discuss them. So first up, Rachel Lindsay says she would not appear on Chris Harrison's most dramatic podcast ever. What do you think of this? I am not surprised. She also reveals that she was not asked to be a guest and that she would not be on it and says she expanded on why she didn't want to be a guest if asked and said it's been almost two years since that happened and the last time you had any communication with me was after I said we should just accept his apology after he was on Good Morning America and move on. And he wrote her and said, I appreciate what you had to say. We should go to dinner. She talked about this a little bit on Higher Learning too, the podcast she does with Van Lathan. I mean, I wouldn't expect her to go on his show. I wouldn't expect him to invite her on the show. I think both of them probably want to put that entire thing in their past and move on from it. Yeah. And anytime something like this happens for her, like he's coming out with a new podcast or he's going to host a new show or whatever, I'm sure she has to relive all that shit to some degree and she doesn't want to do it, you know? Exactly. A new wave of hate. Like the amount of hate, no one has gotten more hate in this franchise than Rachel Lindsay, in my opinion. Like the amount of hate she got after people were like, oh, you got Chris Harrison fired, even though that wasn't true, was horrible. She had to go off social media. Yeah. So I would not want her. I would not expect her to go on that show or, yeah. Well, there have been plenty of people, too, in the franchise that, um, you know, don't have a good relationship with Chris Harrison, let's say. Many of them were were characters that were mm-hmm. maligned by the show, like Juan Pablo, like Chad Johnson. So, I mean, there are some people, I think, within the nation that when they see this podcast coming out, they're like, fuck this guy. I hope it fails. I'm not saying that Rachel Lindsay hopes his podcast fails or anything, but it it is interesting that there are some people within the nation, like Rachel Lindsay, who have attained a high enough status within the nation and outside of it, in her case, that they also have platforms and they are weighing in on his podcast coming out. And their opinions mm-hmm. matter to whoever they matter to in the nation, you know? Are in Us Weekly articles. Exactly. Just the opinions of people like Rachel Lindsay about this thing coming out have made news. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know. I, I mean, <laughs> January 9th is going to be a very interesting fucking time. And I don't think it's coincidental that he's launching it right before Bachelor Season 27 comes out. Of course not. He's kind of capitalizing on all the momentum going into a new season of of our beloved game. I mean, everything about it is trying to capitalize on that Bachelor branding. I mean, the title, the description. Mm-hmm. But I would be shocked if it had that much to actually do with The Bachelor. I look forward to uh, maybe listening to the clips through our Digging Deepers, and that's about it. (laughs) I'm listening to the entirety of that first episode, and I might even do it on one-time speed. I'm not surprised after your, (laughs) what I consider a scream about the tattoo, uh, watch, binging the, hyper-binging the tattoo reveals. (laughs) Yeah, God, I love that. But do you think there's ever a shot at Rachel Lindsay coming on his show? In any case, in any amount of time having passed? I, I don't know. I hope not. I don't know. It would be a good episode of a podcast. But let's move on. Our next piece of Bachelor Nation news, the official poster for Bachelor 27 is here. And it's giving Men's Warehouse. 
Entertainment Weekly, <laughs> literally, this is the headline from an Entertainment Weekly article. New Bachelor Zach Shawcross is giving men's warehouse model in first official poster. You're going to like the way he loves. They guarantee it. <laughs> it's a great <laughs> subheading. <laughs> Kristen Baldwin. <laughs> but we, I've been Love making that. a bunch of fucking memes this week about this image that they've put out where I'm, you know, making fake movie posters and stuff for him. Oh, I liked the one you did with Alex Michelle. That was so funny. Oh, thank you. The suit. suit um, ghosts. Generally speaking, these images that they put out, these promotional images, the poster in quotes, for every season they do this. Generally speaking, there's a little more to it than what we're getting with Chowcross. You get some representation, mm-hmm. perhaps, of the person's personality. Pilot Pete was in an aisle on an airplane. Yeah. Clayton was playing with puppies that didn't exist. <laughs> yeah, Clayton was playing with computer-generated puppies, but his catchphrase was he was the underdog. So that at least made sense with how they were marketing it. Uh, mm-hmm. Wendy and Rekia were in a um, convertible driving down a freeway, hands in the air. I remember Tasha Adams was in front of a walls of newspapers that had headlines uh, referring to her. That one was fucking great. That one was amazing. Yeah. Claire Crawley with the graduate uh, ripoff image. That one still haunts my dreams. The one that haunts me is the Whoopi Goldberg Pilot Pete one. Oh, Jesus Christ. That wasn't a poster, though. That was like a full fucking video. It was a video based on, what was it based on? Ghost? Ghost, yeah. Academy Award winning Uh, Ghost. Whoopi Goldberg won an Oscar for that movie. Best Supporting Actress. She should win an Oscar for that trailer. I agree. Nonetheless, we are now presented with this image of Shawcross for the official poster of Bachelor Season 27. It is him... Simply standing in a suit on what looks like maybe a balcony or something. There's like a little railing below him. There's some trees far in the background and maybe a tennis court in the background. I can't quite make out what that is. And then just a giant white sky behind him. There is nothing in this image. I have no idea what's in the background. There's no flavor to this whatsoever. I have no idea who he is as a person. And it just says, tis the season for Mr. Right Reasons. So I guess they're trying to coin that phrase. They're trying to turn him into Mr. Right Reasons. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like what this poster is terrible, in my opinion. I'm just like, it's because they have no hook for him. There is no, like, what is his job? I don't remember. There's no, there's no real thing for, to remember about him coming off of The Bachelorette. So you just have this kind of generic photo and then it's it's like if you put The Bachelor in into an AI and maybe this is AI art. Could be. We'll never know. Pretty good in that case. I just think that this is so <laughs> low effort on every level, but it also is a symptom of Bachelorette 19, which is what he came off of. We had two bachelorettes and therefore two dating pools and therefore everybody got half the screen time. We got to know no one. This picture is that to me. It is just like, yeah, this is one of the guys from that season who looks like every other one of the guys from that season. I just hate mm-hmm. this. I, I mean, it, it it in no way makes me excited for the season. Even the other ones like Clayton Eckerds that were like goofy and dumb and didn't really even fit his personality at least was like, oh shit, they tried something. They had a photo shoot and they tried something. This is not a fucking 
I don't even know if he's there. It looks like they just photoshopped him into this weird blurred out background. This could have just been done on a green screen. This is just like a generic promotional photo. And I don't know if they're going to do another poster that maybe has some more intricacies, some more details. I don't fucking know. But this ain't it. They should have just done the poster of him getting scrubbed by Sean Lowe. I think that gets a lot more eyeballs. You know what they should have done? They should have redone the ghost thing. But instead of Whoopi Goldberg coming out from behind him, it's Sean Lowe. Yes. As he's making the clay pot, Sean Lowe is behind him arms around him this under this photo i don't know who wrote this but it says zach is in quotes ready to find in quotes love that makes sense might as well did you write this (laughs) find love in quotes but no matter the case this is terrible marketing as we've uh we've gotten used to that i guess from this franchise but again the thing that is new in this to me is the lack of effort usually they put effort into these things it's just misguided like with the graduate poster you know for claire crawley it's like it's a bad marketing thing that definitely had an idea there yeah they tried they really fucking tried this is nothing this is just it's literally nothing and and then tis the season for mr right reasons there's like a vague christmasy thing with tis the season mr right reasons okay are they gonna get soldier boy back to do another Rap song about right reasons, they fucking better. They should. If they're calling him Mr. Right Reasons. Go viral. Well, you know, the poster doesn't really have anything to do with how the season is, so I'm not perturbed by this. Game of Roses is sponsored by BetterHelp. Clues, uh, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And if you keep them all bottled up, it can affect you negatively. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. You might be taking care of your physical body, but are you taking care of that beautiful mind, Clues? Yes. I have benefited from therapy greatly in the past. Uh, It has helped me get through stressful experiences, manage boundaries, learn coping skills. You know, the the whole premise of life is is kind of a, a, it's a lot to undertake, and therapy can help with that. Well, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire. Then you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. Clues, it is springtime. It is the off season. It mm. is gore girl summer. The weather's getting warmer. Thank true. Dark Lord Palmer. And it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and cowls, and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul, get those staple pieces, and I found quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces keeping me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I got the cotton modal scoop neck tee. It is so cute. It is literally the first thing I reach for in my dresser when all my clothes are washed. You know those special items. If you are not like Clues, who only wears one outfit. I'm Quince head to toe at this point. I'm a Quince boy. (gasps) I'm a source boy, Quince boy. 
Let's you got no go. idea. I'm wearing Quince t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince long sleeve t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince sweaters, Quince pants. I'm Quinced. <laughs> Just call me Quinced. King Quinces. Okay. They call me. I love Quince. Okay, Quince. Uh, get warm weather ready with Quince. Be a Quince king yourself or Quince queen. Go to Quince.com slash roses for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I n-c-e dot com slash roses to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince dot com slash roses clues mm-hmm. i've been on a mission i'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect t-shirt yeah um because it's spring i'm ready to get out there i'm ready to peacock luckily the perfect t-shirt does exist and you can find it at skims from cropped silhouettes to long sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in onyx. That's kind of a dark black color. And the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite, which is kind of like a blue green. And they're both so comfortable it's basically like you are wearing no- nothing. Great for free spirit types. Well, for all the free spirits out there right now, you can shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes XXS through 4X. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows. Again, that's Skims. Up next, Gabby Windy says things with Eric Schwer changed after Bachelorette. Quote, it was just getting to know the relationship in person. Well, there you have it, don't you? Mm. That's the the basic problem with the show itself. No explanation needed. Yeah, I mean, that's like, (laughs) that's how the show works. You don't know any of these fucking people because you're allowed to spend 10 hours with them. Yeah. Then you come out of the show and it's like, oh, this is what it's like to spend a day with you. And I actually don't like you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, off camera, not for me. Well, good luck to them on their breakup and good luck to them in their future lives. Next up in Bachelor Nation News, Bachelor 22 alum Cien Fleming weds Doug Fillmore in intimate Anguilla ceremony. Well, congratulations to CN. That's fantastic. We always love to see players from our beloved game finding their person, even if they are merely civilians and not players within our game. Beautiful, beautiful wedding dress. Kind of a flowy white, it's white, (laughs) halter top. Yeah. She's wearing a beautiful (laughs) wedding dress, color white. It is a wedding after all. Uh, she was on season 22 of The Bachelor, Ari Leyendijk's season. Congratulations. And she got some uh, pretty good comments in the Instagram post of this. Kendall Long and Becca Kufrin both saying congratulations, wishing them all the best. So got a tropical royale weighing in on that. Congrats. Moving on. Next on Bachelor Nation News, Bachelor in Paradise couple, Hira Mengistu and... Romeo Alexander have officially split. This is some sad news as they were one of the best couples really from this last season of Paradise, season eight. 
the season of misery, the season of sorrow, the season of tears, the season of broken hopes, the season of broken dreams, the season of bodies buried in the sand, the season of <laughs> producer manipulation, the season of psychological destruction. Wow. You just improved all of that. Incredible. <laughs> Incredible work. That's what you get. When we don't write the news, you get my improvisational <laughs> skills giving multiple titles to Bachelor of Paradise Season 8. I am devastated. Devastated by this news. I think they were my favorite couple to come out of Paradise. I love that they were really going for it in all their parasocial plays. We've definitely highlighted a few of them. And I thought this was an interesting parasocial play to end it. Kira posted on her stories, Romeo and I have gone our separate ways. Sometimes you shouldn't give people a second chance to disappoint you. Mm. Hinting at a tea cellar there. Yeah, interesting. A, a final parting shot. But whatever the case, they did turn out some incredible parasocial play in relation to this uh, Bachelor in Paradise Season 8. It was just phenomenal. The the whole concept of her kidnapping him. The kidnapping videos, yeah. Just brilliant. And we are sorry to see them split, but we wish them both well in their their lives to come. Speaking of lives to come, next up in Bachelor Nation news, we got the great one. This headline reads, Nick Vial absolutely thinks Victoria Fuller and Greg Grippo could get engaged next year. A bold, breaking news a bold prediction <laughs> i mean this is a fucking headline in uh life and style but um this again is just about the great one staying relevant he is milking his proximity to griptoria in a way that mm -hmm. will never end for all that it's worth leaving no juice on the table and that's what you got to do if you're in his position i believe uh He's now friends with Griptoria. He obviously had them on the Vial files to explain their relationship. And now he's just shitting out nothing. He revealed their continued relationship via TikTok. That's true, too. Yeah, he kind of broke that. But now he's just shitting out nothing here saying, yeah, I think uh, they very probably have a possibility to maybe get married next year. They could get engaged next year. And that's news. I'm just going to start saying that about everyone. Might as well. Do you think they'll get engaged? Malpe Alio, they could, they could get engaged next year. Do you think they will get engaged? They could. I don't think they will. I think they're going to break up. Oh, my God. Why? Sorry to say it. That's just... Uh, she already moved. That's the feeling I get. The moving is the big thing. We'll find out, I suppose. Do you think he says this about him as well? Like, me and Ali, we could get engaged next year. I mean, look, you know my prediction about that. That she goes into the game? Yeah. I don't think, I just don't think it's going to last. And I, I don't like saying this about stuff because I think, you know, I wish everyone happiness and they do seem happy, but... Bad manifestations from clues today. I'm not manifesting anything. I am absorbing data contextually from the world around me and I am using that data to then synthesize a hypothesis. That's all. And to me, that's what it seems like. I could be totally fucking wrong. That's just what it seems like. We'll see. Time will tell, as it always does. But that wraps up Bachelor Nation news for this week. Now let's move on to discussing some of those parasocial plays. This is... 
the parasocial play, 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 play of the week. First up, the first player from Zach Shalcross's season to come across our parasocial desk. This video from at Victoria on TikTok. It is a player in Zach's season doing a TikTok with Susie and Sierra from Clayton's season, joking about her being gone during filming. This astonished me. Victoria Jameson has 970,000 TikTok followers. I believe this will be the biggest TikTok initial following coming into the game that we've ever seen from a rookie. Oh my God. And here she's proving a little bit of maybe why that's happening. She has some kind of prior relationship with Susie Evans and Sierra Jackson. I mean, she doesn't need to. She has 970K. I know. The Bachelor is below her. (laughs) I mean, that's huge on TikTok for Bachelor Nation. Like, yeah. Only under Maddie Prue and Danny Padilla. No, I'm, no, there's some other million probably ones. some millions. Wait, I did not know there was someone with this big a TikTok going in. Yeah, it's interesting. Maybe it means that the producers are kind of opening it up a little bit. Finally accepting that social media exists. Interesting. Love to see that parasocial game leveling up. Bigger and bigger stars. Why not? Get the Gen Z audience in there. I mean, you have to if you want the sport to survive. Speaking of Gen Z audiences... Rachel Rachel Recchia was keeping it real with fans in a new TikTok this week in which she is answering some questions about how she gets her hair so long and she shows some extensions. She says, hot girls don't gatekeep. How do you get your lips so full? She shows the product she uses. And how do you stay snatched? She shows the product she uses for that. And then how do you stay strong? And it's an image of her crying and it says delusion and denial. Very funny from Whoa. Rachel Rachel Recchia showing why she's still relevant in our beloved game. We also saw uh, Jason Tardick asking the age-old question, is it possible to stay negative when your partner tests positive for COVID-19? <laughs> I absolutely <laughs> loved this parasocial play. This is a post to his main grid. This image is hilarious. <laughs> absolutely good. It's him in a Buffalo Bills sweatshirt sitting in a room what looks like maybe of his house. He's holding up two COVID tests and pointing to them like they are tickets to the Super Bowl on his uh, sweatshirt. And he's wearing a backwards baseball cap. He's throwing a little Source Mm, Boy style on this, (laughs) which I do like. He is giving Source Boy, to be sure. Is it Source Boy to have a Monopoly game on on your wall? Yeah, I don't know exactly what that art is. Um, it may just be a Monopoly board or something, but you know, whatever. Decorate your your home as you see fit. The caption to this reads, is it possible to stay negative when your significant other is tested positive with Corona? Poor KB tested positive yesterday. She's down and not feeling well. I'm still negative and feel fine. Mm. So bizarre. Anyway, go Bills. Fantastic play. I hate to hear that the great one is under the weather. Yeah, we wish her a speedy recovery, but fantastic play from Tardig. Never missing an opportunity to take some kind of thing happening in his life with KB and turning it into parasocial power. 12.9K likes. And finally, we have our parasocial play of the week. This was tough competition because that Jason Tardick photo made me laugh so hard and that Rachel Recchia video was very good. 
However, Gabby Windy made an 11-second TikTok video this week that shows her in a Christmas-themed sweater where on both of her boobs there is a snowman with a, a orange cone for a nose, which is sticking out like the Madonna infamous like cone bra. And the caption says, been on a year's worth of dating shows and still single. And she just flips the boobs, does kissy lips, and does a wink. And it is so fucking funny. It has 142.8K likes. And she's, the caption reads, my stepmom designed this. It's unreal. It also got 1.6 million views. Why doesn't she have a sitcom? What are we waiting for? <laughs> this is comic right? genius. She should have a reality show. Oh, fuck, she's so fucking funny. She should have something. Hopefully that's in the works after her stellar performance on Dancing with the Stars up against a juggernaut in one of the D'Amelio sisters. I mean, she had no chance of winning. If that rich Siesta Key man can star in a show, Gabby Windy certainly should be able to. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. But congrats to Gabby Windy on her parasocial play of the week. When we are now going to talk a little bit about those parasocial creatures. We saw Dark Lord Palmer's pup, Lulu, forced to watch his dad give his football takes. We saw a nine-slide post from Serene Russell that was dedicated <sighs> to her boo, Brandon Jones, uh, with her cat, Leo making a revealing cameo. Big Body Trash Can and Becca Kufrin's dogs are celebrating the holidays with Bachelor-sanctioned podcast hosts in a beautiful post to Becca Kufrin's grid. That was on Thomas Jacobs's, and it's a tequila ad. <laughs> it's really cute, man. They're in, like, Christmas outfits. But the winner this week is Becca Martinez. This video was astounding. She caught on film a hummingbird that flew inside her house and landed on the top of her fucking Christmas tree like snow white. This was <laughs> insane. There are a lot of hummingbirds out here in, in California, Los Angeles, but I don't think I've ever seen one fly inside my own home, let alone to adorn the top of my Christmas tree. Congratulations, Becca Martinez. Congratulations to the hummingbird that maybe now lives in her Christmas tree. I don't know. You are the Parasocial Creature of the Week. That wraps up all the parasocial plays from humans and creatures alike. Now we are going to move on to that portion of our program in which we delve deep into the bottom of the pit to issue forth our screams about how our fandom with this franchise, with this program, has transformed us into beings no longer human, no longer who we were before we went on this journey. This is... Screams from the Pit! This week, we have a joint scream, and instead of a scream, it is a blessing, a gift, an homage to the pit. Mm -hmm. And this is, you know, our last episode that we are recording before the new year, and we thought it would be fun to discuss our top five gore moments from this year. Because it's been incredible. Some of this I can't even believe happened within one calendar year. I agree. I agree. And onward and upward, too. I think we're going to discuss these top five, but I think this is the tip of the iceberg. I think 2023 is going to produce even more insane memories. So our number five scream slash memory from 2022 as it relates to our fandom. Once again, 
Fandom of The Bachelor has produced everything you're about to hear. Number five is the sanctioned book signing event we did at Skylight Books out here in Los Angeles. <laughs> we got to meet, I, I don't even know how many people showed up to it. A lot. There was a line out the door. We got to meet so many fantastic fans. The line was around the bookstore. It was incredible to see. And we met so many Game of Roses fans. And, you know, it, most of this interaction is parasocial. It's via the internet. And actually getting to meet people in real life, take pictures with people. I signed someone's face. It was... uh surreal <laughs> oh my god i forgot about that yeah totally and the the coolest part to me about it is that you know when we first started this podcast lizzie and i were like yeah we see the game like this as a sport and and we can see through it that it's all kind of fake and and we're really watching like what the producers are doing and we knew that we watched it like that and what we learned as we've been doing this podcast and certainly on that day when we saw a line of people hanging out the store was that other people see it this way too. We're not alone down here in the pit. Mm -hmm. There are others with us who have had this fucking crazy show take control of their lives in one way or another and become something that is like, even when the when the show is in bad shape, when we're in like a dark era of it, it's still so much fucking fun to me yeah. anyway, to be a fan of this show and to break it down and to really examine what it means in terms of pop culture, in terms of the, the game of it itself, in terms of how it like branches out into all that other shit, into the NFL, into the pageant world, American politics, et cetera, et cetera. And so, uh, for me, that day was really like, I don't know. It just really, it kind of justified what we've been doing for three years in a very real way, you know? <laughs> My friend, Johanna, who actually came to that book signing, described what I'm doing for a career as if you had picked your dream job when you were 12 years old, you would have been like, I'm going to talk about The Bachelor as my job. And it is it is such a cool thing to be able to do. It is so fun doing it with you, Clues, and expanding our, our empire and just having a lot of... I mean, all of these five things we're going to talk about are completely surreal. And I'm very grateful, grateful for the pit. As am I. Our number four scream from 2022 is... We did an in-studio interview with Tammy Lee. This was part of our Gore Girl summer. It was just a an outstanding interview. Fantastic mm -hmm. to get her to to get to meet her in person. But Game of Roses at that point kind of started to expand. We kind of realized like we need to have a place where we can go do video interviews. And what happened in that for me was that realization. And I think 2023 for us is going to have some expansion in that area as well. I think we are going to try to kick up the video element of this show. And so hopefully that will be a, a brand new way to interact. And I'm sure with that, we'll, it'll teach us kind of new ways to do the show and stuff. I think creatively, there will be some interesting things that happen as a result of it. Tammy, for me, is one of those people that we got such a small sliver, I feel like, of her whole personality from the show. And just getting to... Getting to do that interview and getting to do it in person kind of adds this new... I feel like it levels up the interviews and we are going to try to be leveling up next year. Um, 
but it kind of inspired us as to what what a video version of the show could look like. And, you know, we've kind of been working on that. So, yeah, hopefully one day we'll have a, a gore, gore studio. That's the dream. Number three on our list of screams of 2022 is Gore Girl Summer itself. We alluded to it in our last scream. But we had a crazy roster that the Dark Seeker helped us put together and line all of this up. And sometimes it was last minute, so we can't thank Dark Seeker enough for all the work that she did to make Gore Girl Summer a reality. But we got to interview some people during this Gore Girl Summer that were, uh, I mean, icons of the fucking game, legends. Mm -hmm. And to me that, I mean, we'll go, let's just go through the list. Here's who we uh, talked to for Gore Girl Summer. Dave Neal. Gore Girl Legend. <laughs> Olivia Caridi, Annalise Puccini, Chelsea Vaughn, Ivan Hall, Sarah Heron, Jason Tardick, Elise Delbaum, Tammy Lee, and of course, Courtney Robertson. We fucking interviewed Courtney Robertson. When we hopped onto the Zoom with Courtney, she was holding our book. She was wearing her villain necklace and she put a gore sticker on her water bottle and I literally it was a game changing moment for me because Courtney is you know she's she's in our hall of fame of players from this game and getting to interview her and getting to know her better was was definitely one of my highlights of this year absolutely I mean she to me is like I'm going to make sports analogies and it may mean nothing to anyone, but it means something to me, goddammit. It's like uh-huh. getting to interview Mickey Mantle or something. That's what Pittman's is for. Exactly. She definitely is from a prior era of the game, really before social media started and all that kind of stuff. But she was in season 16, which is when the format of the game was done, solid, crystallized. And now we're in a secondary experimental era. So who knows? That may all be out the window. But That season 16 is when they really got the format exactly correct. You had all the limo exits. You had every piece of the modern game was there in that season. And it was like the peak of tabloid season too. Right. Peak of tabloids, but just before, you know, Instagram and stuff, before Paradise. And uh, she just dominated the season in a way that had never been done. And so to get to interview her, again, she's just one of the greatest players who's ever lived. And uh, yeah. to me, it was like, I love doing the interview, but also, yes, it meant something in terms of gore because it was like, we're at a level now where we can interview one of the greatest players of all time. And again, I hope that keeps leveling up. I know there are certain contractual obligations with contemporary players who are like <laughs> still in the game. I don't think they could come on our show. But, uh, you know, I'm hopeful that we can continue to get like some huge interviews and sweaters, candles. The dreaded bathrobe? Unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura Frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabooli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. It's the next best thing to, to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things and I need an easy install. And this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. 
Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage, so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. She'll be grateful it's not another sweater, and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off, plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. If you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor viewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, my Mm. favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want uh, wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing. What's in the box? On every order. (laughs) Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with first leaf go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box that's t-r-y-f-i-r-s-t-l-e-a-f.com slash roses tryfirstleaf.com slash roses creams and serums are made of 70 percent water 15 percent preservatives and emulsifiers leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. It's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact, Mm. they have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back, no questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. Stuff as we move into 2023. Me too. All I mean, I can't believe we talked to all of these people this year. <laughs> like, what a roster. 
What a roster of legends. And we cannot thank you all enough for being our gore girls and really our gorgles. <laughs> <laughs> really adding adding more lore and depth and richness to uh, the Game of Roses family. <laughs> And speaking of adding more gore, lore, and richness to the Game of Roses family, Stefan Lovegrove is our second scream on this list. We got to attend Stefan Lovegrove's Noel Ball. This is only a couple of weeks ago, early December. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't even really know how to describe what it means in terms of gore. But again, the screams from the pit segment of our show that we do is really about us. In the beginning, it was about how, uh, you know, we were kind of hesitant about how our fandom of the show was taking over our lives. Then ultimately, mm-hmm. it became an acceptance of that, and now it's a celebration of it. And the fandom of The Bachelor and how we have just fucking dug in, dived deep, built the pit, dug the fucking pit, has led us to then be at Stefan Lovegrove's Noel Ball, surrounded by people from our beloved game, from other beloved games, talking to them. Commentators on our beloved game. I mean, it was it was just astounding to think that we're standing in that room with all the people from these different games, and it's because we just, one night high, started a podcast on my couch and wanted to see if we could infiltrate the game and you know our beloved recipe. <laughs> yeah. If if there's ever if you have a dream, all you got to do is get high on somebody's couch and talk about it once and then it happens 3 years later after backbreaking work. 10 hours of content. Yeah. Yeah. Two and a half episodes on a live show every week. It felt like a level of legitimacy to me that I don't think I had felt before. You know, just being at an event like that is like, okay, we're kind of in this world to some degree. I mean, at least overtly in that sense. We are definitely in that world uh, in a subversive way, I will say. We are literally in the Bachelor game in a way that we cannot discuss. <laughs> Training players and stuff to go into the game, you know, like feel like we're we're in that world, but in like a kind of shadow uh, way. A shadow way? Yeah, we're like in a the capacity of like working from the shadows. We are sending mm-hmm. players into the game to do stuff. But this oh, was like gotcha. a big overt party for everyone. And, you know, this was like a legitimized way for us to be a part of it. I definitely count it in my most surreal moments. Clues and I were talking about how it just was so there was so much energy there that both of us just like went home and rested for a couple of days afterwards. <laughs> it was just it was a. It was an intense, lovely experience. And I would say that this is Scream one and a half, maybe. This is not our number one Scream. But it, as I was talking about it, it reminded me, season 26 was the first season that I had a trained player in. That aired this mm-hmm. year. It shot the year before, but... But it was the first time you saw on screen a player you had trained. Exactly. In the game. And uh, yeah. that, to me, is like a strange... I don't know if it's justification or if it's the culmination. I don't know exactly how to describe it, but I know a a big part of at least why I wanted to do Game of Roses in the first place and write the book was exactly that. Like I, I was curious, can we infiltrate this game? Could we put somebody in it? Could we train somebody, help somebody to go through it in a better way? 
that was always kind of a question. That was like what this experiment was, or the experimental piece of what Game of Roses what is. We That's do always in the what shadows, it was. You might exactly. Say. Yes. <laughs> and so this year, really, at the beginning of it, confirmed that yes, we can do that. We are doing it now. I think it will happen at this point forever. Like I, I just don't think it stops at this point. Only because I'm gaining more knowledge as I'm continuing to do it, which is making it easier to do. That's all I can say. Next up, you have to get an AI player into the game. <laughs> well, I don't know about how the fuck am I going to do that? I have to build a robot now. I'm not that good with the uh, robotics. I don't know, Clues. You just got to lend your eye to it, just like you did with fashion. <laughs> <laughs> My new hobby, robotics. Um, okay, let's move on. Our number one top scream from 2022 was uh, the unofficial signing of How to Win the Bachelor at the Grove, which got us banned, which was also <laughs> attended by Sweet Nums and Jet and Jack. I mean, I feel like How to Win the Bachelor being published was really the, the most important part, not the banning, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, the publication to me, well, yeah, certainly. That was like a goal <laughs> achieved. It's the first book I've ever written. It was uh -huh. a huge accomplishment and we put a ton of work into it. Ton of work. That's the most work I've ever put into a single project ever, I think. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'm proud of that. I like the book that we turned out. I, I think we did something like pretty interesting with it. And yes, getting it published was kind of a, uh, again, it was a thing similar to coaching players. It was like, that was one of our first goals when we sat down and started talking about the podcast. That was our first goal. Right, the book. And so yeah. we did that. We achieved that goal. But to me, the bigger piece of it was that Sweet Nums and Jet and Jack showed up to our unsanctioned book event, which got us banned. It was like yes. the the yes. story <laughs> of that day, of the book release day, couldn't have been more gore, in my opinion. It was like, yep, we did it. We got our book coming out. Okay, well, should we do something for it? Yeah, probably. Let's just post something on Instagram. Okay, we do that. And then we show up and immediately are kicked out of the Grove. They were like, what the fuck are you doing? Arrested. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, it couldn't have been more gore. Just kind of flying by the seat of our pants. And then Sweet Num shows up and it's like, oh, fuck. Like, it'll be fine. And then we'll talk to maybe a, three people. That was our guest. And then there was a line of people there. And then Sweet Nums and Jet and Jack showed up. They hadn't told us they were coming. I felt like I was hallucinating. Um, and she really, she, my relationship with Sweet Gnomes is one of my most tr treasured friendships to come out of Gore. Like she's <laughs> very supportive and I, and, uh, you know, she <laughs> was escorted around <laughs> with the rest of the people there with us through various parts of the Grove, I think. Did we do an episode on it? We must have. I'm sure we must have discussed it. But yeah, I it was surreal for me in, in all the same ways. And I felt very bad for not only Sweet Nums and Jet and Jack, yeah. but everybody who came out there and had to follow us in this weird impromptu caravan around the Grove. <laughs> Our apologies sincerely. We are trying to do uh, potentially another live signing event this coming year when mm -hmm. the paperback comes out. And we'll keep everybody posted on that. And that will be sanctioned. And we will tell the bookstore it's going to happen. And they will have books. Because we have learned, we've learned our lessons, you know, trial and error sometimes. And overall, I would just like to give a, a final scream slash thanks to everybody who's been in the pit with us for any amount of time. 
uh, especially the people who've been here since that first weird episode, <laughs> season uh, 15, Hannah Brown, Bachelorette, episode six, where we just decided to sit down and fucking fire one off. Thank you sincerely to everybody in the pit, because I, I don't think that we would still be doing this if there weren't other people that were entertained by it in the same way that we are, by the weirdness of this show, by really what it, it is in terms of like a piece of American media and by the game of it, mm -hmm. by the sport of it, like I, that part of it, I still fucking love. I mean, the game is just so good. It's so I love the game. I love the game. And now I see the game wherever I go. It's it's in Siesta Key. <laughs> and I also want to give a shout out to Grace Ann and Nate, our marketing director and our editor. They work tirelessly behind the scenes to help bring the the product up to this up to this level and we couldn't do it without them absolutely thank you guys so much and we want to give a shout out to everybody who's submitting their screams that we play here in screws in the pit we have one today that we're going to play if you want to submit your screams you just go to patreon.com slash game roses get access to our discord and you can upload a one minute or less piece of audio Today, the scream comes to us from Hannah Beast is the username with three T's. <laughs> Are you ready? Pace case. Let's go. Here we go. Hello, Pitt. So my scream this week is about the honeymoon of the Trizzy Trouts. I was looking at all of Maddie's Instagram stories and grid posts about her honeymoon, and I was like, I have to know how much this is costing them. So I went to the website of Las Ventanas Alparaiso, a Rosewood hotel. I went to November 2023 to look at their rates for this time of year. And then I compared Maddie's social media content to all of the pictures and videos of their different rooms. I discovered that they are staying in a one bedroom ocean view signature villa, which will cost them, is costing them about $6,425 a night for taxes. Interesting to note that they did not spring for the beachfront signature villa, which would have cost them $8,220 a night. But either way, praise be Dark Lord Maddie Trizzy Trout, nay Pruitt. This is deep pit work. This is everybody left the pit to go home, but you're still there burning the midnight oil. I'm putting in extra hours. <laughs> I'm going to see what ghosts I find in my cubicle. <laughs> holy shit. I mean, holy shit. Hannah Beast, thank you for this important pit work that you're doing, discovering that the Trizzy Trouts were in a room that was 6,000 whatever a night, did not opt for the more expensive room, but that room might have been occupied. Maybe somebody else already had it. Here's the thing. Maybe this is my conspiracy town about this scream, but I'm like, I doubt they paid for this hotel. So if they tagged it, I don't think they paid for it. Yeah, that's right. I agree. So I'm like, okay, so the company wanted them to advertise the hotel. They wanted to give them a nice room, but they were like, but we have the chancellor of whatever staying here that week. So we'll <laughs> what? do second best room. <laughs> the chancellor of whatever. They've got a chancellor who's in the <laughs> beachfront <laughs> villa. <laughs> what the fuck? A chancellor? Okay. <laughs> Please keep going with this weird scenario. The representative of like some sort of weird le <laughs> okay. leader. I don't know, just some big wig. 
using the presidential beach beachfront suite. No, I'm I'm sorry. We'd love to give you that room, but we do have a chancellor <laughs> staying there. So <laughs> my apologies. You know, the chancellor's there for the boat races and uh chancellor protocol. Anytime a chancellor calls, they get the top room, no matter what it is, no matter what hotel. That's just chancellor protocol. It's like White Lotus. Oh, yeah. I haven't watched this new season yet. But I think the person who had the pineapple suite was just like random Germans. Anyway, thank you for this scream, Hannah Beast. It is wild that Hannah Brown is putting in these extra hours very deep in the pit. Yeah. I don't think that was actually Hannah Brown, but... Uh... I think it's about Pilot Pete. <laughs> yeah. It is astounding to see these things. These I had mild curiosity about this, where they were going for their honeymoon and, and what the place was kind of like. And Hannah Beast has proven that mild curiosity is not enough in the darkest corners of the pit. You have to have extreme curiosity, enough that you will compare the photos taken on that are posted on Instagram to photos on the hotel website to discover which room it is and then do deep research about how much that room costs. We can't thank you enough for this deep pit work, Hannah Beast. And again... If you would like to submit your screams, just go to patreon.com slash Game of Roses, upload that one minute audio clip to our Discord, and we will play some of them right here. The CIA needs to hire these pit members. <laughs> if we ever get a scream that's that, uh, I got hired by the CIA because of a scream I submitted. So I'm now submitting a second screen that is, I work for the CIA now because I'm a Bachelor fan. Yes. And I'm infiltrating... Uh, Chris Harrison's new podcast to find out what it's really about. If anyone works for the CIA out there. Clues, was there any was there any Discord scream that has stood out to you from this year? Oh my God, there were so many good ones. I really liked the one that was the married couple that recreated the, the scene from the show on their honeymoon. Mm. That one was one of my favorites. I don't know why I really like recreations of stuff from the game. Yeah. That are that take place in locations for, that happened in the game. That shit, just like I don't know what it is. When you went to the dumping bench when you were in Amsterdam. Oh my god! That shit fucking was like it just I don't know. Does the heart good? I wish you could tell from the content I made there how heavily it was pouring rain, <laughs> how miserable I was making my partner, aka my photographer. <laughs> but I did it. I did it for the pit and. Uh, Thank you all for thank you all for a wonderful Game of Roses year. Yeah. And come to our live show, which is today at 4.30 p.m. Pacific time. 4.30 p.m. Pacific time. And then also Monday, we will have a Digging Deeper out for you. But next week, we're taking off for the holidays. And we're going to have two episodes next week that we think you are really going to like from the back catalog. Uh, one is a Caitlin Bristow all-star episode. That was originally available only on Patreon. We're going to put that out. And we are going to have a very special interview. One that we talked about right here with Courtney Robertson as our uh, second episode next week. So if you didn't have a chance to catch either of those, you'll be able to get them both next week. Um, but happy holidays to everybody. Goat content next week. That's right. Happy holidays to everybody. The week of the goat. Happy holidays. <laughs> Merry Pitmas. And before we go, as always, what is that bat? It has been 7,578 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. 
Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then 